0: Good evening, Sir Robinson. Mr. Ozio, how are you, man? <clears throat> I'm not bad. I'm not bad. How are you doing?
1: I uh, can't complain. Can't complain. It's a nice, uh, nice summer day here in the Natty. It's over, man. It's been an interesting couple of months in the world of wrestling, and uh, we have a lot that we need to to address
0: the state of address and we are the eric squared circle podcast here on the anchor podcast app uh i am eric ozio this is eric robinson we are going to discuss everything that's happened in the last month and a half so far in the rest of the world we've been away from you for a little while we're coming back full bore want to get going eric what do we got
1: <sighs> uh at this point i mean there, there's so much going on that we you know have have you know I know that you and I have talked about and have talked about with friends and, and other people that, that enjoy wrestling as much as we do. Um, I mean I, I think that we just need to get right in with the elephant in the room as far as uh, the WWE's state of affairs right now. First things first, um, you know a lot of the things that uh, are going wrong. I mean obviously declining ratings are probably the biggest thing. Um, you know it seems like week after week we're we're seeing a new low. Uh, a record low being hit, you know, as far as Raws and, and Smackdowns more than anything else, um, you know, not to mention uh, you know overexposed superstars and and you know the the writing itself in general just kind of being being quite flawed. Um, you know, I, I guess the the first question for you um, is is what's what's the biggest thing that you've noticed? You know, kind of just watching the product week in week out. So I I watch it, I check in here and there.
0: I can't say like Raw, it's just a forced, you know, promos and forced feuds that are just not landing and constant talent. Like the only thing I can say without a doubt that is being justified at this point is uh, Seth Rollins still retaining and holding the Universal Championship and Finn Balor still maintaining the Intercontinental Championship, at least for Raw's sake, I think Raw stems from a lot of the issues that come with the ratings. I mean SmackDown's having it, it, it it's a trickle effect that goes down from raw to SmackDown when Raw is shitty. SmackDown is also not going to be considered to be that great, so people just immediately tune out. The yeah. Creative yeah. is just not there
1: for me at all right now. So what what's the what do you notice the most about creative right now that's that's just not doing it for you? I mean they're not
0: Ever since WrestleMania, which I thought was pretty decent in terms of what they did and how they chose who to win the matches, uh, it just has completely declined. I, I get nobody, like, just starting off with the money in the bank, like, everything that uh, happened there. That's just, like, how are you, you're just going to bring Brock right back after, you know, clearly something that was meant to be stayed on the main show and is staying on the main show is now looking to not be that by SummerSlam, clearly, because he's just going to say, oh, I'm going to use it. The whole Corbin thing, everything they're still doing with Corbin, I just I cannot stand it. I just don't understand it. It's just classic uh, Vince McMahon just forcing his hand and forcing his will upon uh, the creatives, yeah. <clears throat> regardless if they've had all these good ideas, and maybe they do, maybe they don't. I just don't think it's that difficult to, you know, bring back originality instead of having like, you know, I just see NXT really building on these things and building on new storylines and, you know, having these back and forths uh, where Raw and SmackDown, maybe not SmackDown as much as Raw, just seem to want to stay the course of what has been the WWE in the essence, like pushing big, like just big bodies and, not really any substance to what their feud is really caused by other than just
1: maybe tipping some cars
0: over you left yourself in a cage or did something like that
1: see i want to play devil's advocate when it comes to lesnar um you know obviously i think that you know like the rest of us we were all pretty surprised to see him uh you know rushing down the ring and snagging that briefcase and uh you know obviously having that the same night as a uh Disappointing Game of Thrones series finale, from what I hear. You know, it's oh. it's tough from it's tough for people to kind of get behind the idea of Lesnar winning the briefcase. But honestly, this is probably the most intriguing his character has been in the last seven years since he's made his return. Uh, more or less, to WWE, um, it's it's been pretty obvious that he's gone through the motions. Um, you know, eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. You know, holds a title for. Extended period does nothing with it, you know, but at least with with this, this can be somewhat creatively satisfying just because, you know, there's no guarantee that he's going to walk out with the universal title as a result of winning this money in the bank briefcase. You know, there's still too many intangibles that could happen. I mean, he could try to go cash in and half the half the roster comes down and, and prevents that from happening successfully or. You know, any any myriad of things could could take place where it doesn't necessarily have to end with him holding you know the a a championship above his head. Right now, I I do like the fact that they have decided to slot him back with uh, Rollins over Kofi. Um, I I think that it could be pretty easy for them to say, you know, Kofi Mania was great; it got us through WrestleMania weekend and a, a couple of good months after it, but. You know they could have really taken this as the opportunity to take the title off of Kofi, wouldn't? Which wouldn't necessarily be fair to him. Um, you know, so I, I like that they've at least you know made Brock's presence felt on Raw and obviously teasing a cash in with with Kofi on SmackDown. But it doesn't you know strike me as that's the the title he'll he'll go for. Um, and and mm-hmm. I know that we've got tonight where you know it's been announced that Brock is going to. Is, is going to cash in against Rollins tonight on Raw. Mm. I personally just don't see that happening. I think that they're just going to try to tease this out as much as they can because I think that they're hoping that any announcement of a cash-in will, will lead to a surge in ratings, as, right. as short-sighted as that might be. Yeah,
0: I mean, it is pretty short-sighted, but it's just the ratings are really bad. I mean, I don't know if I've looked at... I I keep continue to see 2.4, 2.3, 2.2, and it's like down to close to under 2 million by the end of the show, maybe even lower uh, people watching. And that's just, it's not even a, really a percentage of the population. And even like die-hard wrestling fans like me, I have a hard time tuning in at times dealing with my stuff. And I'm just like, I don't have three hours to give you right now. Um, <clears throat> try to check the highlights, try and check everything else. It's just, you know, if you're not going to fill it with some quality, the storytelling instead of having Elias out there strumming his drum or strumming his guitar. I just I just don't care. It's hard for me to care about stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's a lot easier to just get on YouTube because they're going to upload everything as the show goes on anyway. I mean, they yeah. so can still kind of get the, the broad strokes of what happens in a Raw, but the fact that, you know, especially last week, you know, I, I was particularly disappointed that it took them almost Almost fifty minutes, five zero, not 1-5, 5-0, 50 minutes to have a wrestling match. Um, a lot of their segments were overproduced and, and you know extended into commercial breaks that didn't necessarily have a natural fit to them. And, and then the first match of the night we get is Shane McMahon squashing uh, Lance Anowai, um just out of you know trying to advance his feud with Roman Reigns. So, you know, the only, the first wrestling we get in the first hour of the show is from a part-timer that has no real, you know, extended, extensive ring experience other than just being a spot monkey. Sorry, Shane. Love you, but spot
0: monkey. Uh, Shane has been uh, something special. I mean, it's classic coward heel. It's kind of funny, honestly. I get a kick out of it because uh, it was kind of time for him to kind of switch it up. But, yeah, I just not really intriguing match there or like built like feud buildup like the feud buildup just doesn't seem like
1: it's a bear like it normally is for me overall yeah i mean and and that's again just more of the you know problems with the writing is that it seems that there's no focus on continuity or storytelling you know development and, and trying to make it episodic TV that makes somebody want to tune in next week. I mean, you know, it doesn't help that we're seeing the same packaged promos on raw on SmackDown. And then during the pay-per-view, you know, kickoff show, and then right before the match on pay-per-view, like it, it once is, is more than enough, but they, they seem mm-hmm. to have kind of resorted to this, this lazy method of storytelling just to, to fill time.
0: Right. And it's just, making things like the 24-7 belt. Like when Nick Foley came out and I was watching, I was like, oh, okay. Well, like, what, 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 what do you got here? What, what kind of belt we got here? We got like a hardcore title. We got like a stream title. Or we got like a – maybe like a, a South American title or something. I don't know. Something kind of like that. 24-7 hour championship. Goal is to use all the talent. But, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about
1: it. What do you think? I like it. I really do like this belt, actually. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like the concept of the championship more than the actual design of it, but, you know, obviously right. you can tell that they're trying to go back to some some semblance of the hardcore title without calling it hardcore because, you know, publicly okay. traded company, sponsors, you know, all that good stuff, but it has been consistently some of the most entertaining um you know, television the WWE's had in a couple of weeks, Arch Truth has done more with his belt in two weeks than he could have <laughs> with any other championship in his entire career, and you know they've even you know found a way to make make use of it on social media. I mean, he lost it for about forty-five seconds a couple of days ago to Jinder Mahal on a golf on the golf course, then <laughs> you know turns around and, and wins it and drives away. You know this this is giving me a great way to use some of that. Uh, unused Some of that other talent I think the biggest you know problem I had with it so far was when one when Elias won it last week and Shane McMahon suspends the 24/7 rule just so that he can compete in the main event I mean I, I think that if you're trying to establish credibility for a new championship don't get rid of the one rule that it has in order to right. you know benefit your purpose as opposed to anybody else yeah it's ridiculous that's why it's like Shane come on man.
0: don't be such a don't be such a tool and a heel. Oh, yeah.
1: Man. Yeah. It is We're I talking
0: really... about I just like go on to another issues that the uh, WWE has that they frankly won't address this wild card rule. Um, yeah, what is, you know, what is determined, you know, in this rule, Yeah, How's it useful?
1: I mean, and and I'll say as somebody that was there in the arena live when that rule was introduced, it it definitely took me a while to grasp the concept of just making something up on the fly to book themselves out of a corner that the superstar shake up hat. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that if done properly it's something that can can work and be successful. It's just I, I think that we're starting to see more of the same as far as Shay McMahon, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles uh, Elias, Drew McIntyre you know a small handful of people taking advantage of that rule every single week and there's no real you know determination or repercussion that that you know hey these are the ones that can use it it's just kind of oh they're here oh so what do we do? Right and what,
0: what are we supposed to do when all these guys are getting these exceptions and it just doesn't really add to the story
1: yeah, no, it, it does absolutely nothing for it whatsoever. I think that, you know, it, it could be a way to get, you know, some some of the lesser-known stars over on both on, on both shows and trying to get an idea of who might be a better fit on which brand. You know, I think that if they weren't necessarily happy with the results of the Superstar Shake-Up, the wildcard rule is a way to fix that. It's just that you can't use that, that one rule on those same handful of superstars, and I think that that's where it's going to start to, you know, water down what it is that we that we see. I Very mean, yeah, they, they could use it as a way to, you know, have somebody that's disgruntled, like an EC three, for example. You know, invade a show and and you know, jump somebody, get some exposure on him, get him some heat, do something with him, other than you know, just a way to, you know, appease the the networks and to do their, their bidding more or less as opposed to using the rule to further some creative objective.
0: And just for anybody that doesn't know, uh, this is the Eric Squared Circle Podcast, and I'm talking with my good buddy, Eric Robinson. Could you, for anyone that doesn't know the wildcard rule, could you explain that to us, Mr. Robinson?
1: Yeah, I can do that. Uh, the wildcard rule is said essentially is that four superstars... Uh, from a, a rival show can appear um, at any given time. So if four superstars want to make a trip to the blue brand or vice versa, they'd be allowed to do so on any given night. Um, the official description given on the WWE website indicates that any unauthorized uh, use of the wildcard rule could result in punishment, including a fine suspension or possibly even termination. Um, you know, at this point, we, we kind of see, you know, like we've said, we see a lot of the same handful of talent using the rule, but I would like to try to see them, you know, get creative with this as far as, you know, somebody that hasn't been allowed to, to you know, move across shows and, and seeing what kind of punishment or repercussion that, uh, that could be, you know, implemented as a result. I mean, I think it'd be a good way to, to get, you know, either Triple H or Vince or, or Stephanie back on TV to, you know... Uh, obviously they, they tend to move the needle when it comes to to ratings. Um, so it'd be pretty cool to see them you know stand up against somebody you know trying to use the wildcard rule without getting some some prior written you know, approval to do so, but I, I don't have my hopes up. No. Nah, but
0: thank you very much, Eric, for explaining that. I want to continue you know, talking to the state of the, the corporation, the WWE, Uh, you know, kind of the shortcomings I'm noticing as well. You go on and you see that they're continuing these Saudi Arabia shows. Um, Despite popular demand, despite what WWE fans think, I don't know really what the consensus is overall. Fans in terms of what they really feel, Uh, diehard fans, are they really, like, are they going to go, not go to shows because of this? No, obviously not. But, you know, what, what is that what does that put the w w e in this kind of state it's what this whole women's evolution and then continuing to take this money
1: well at this point you... use that you know, to get rid of it right away anyway um it, it's I, I I think it's more for the money than anything else. No matter what they say, they they say that they're trying to promote, you know, change of, of some sort. And, mm-hmm. you know, let's be honest, this is a $50 million payday a year that they're basically trying to take advantage of. And they're locked into it for another eight years. So, you know, right. this is nothing more than, than a cash grab. And, uh, you know, calling it a show that's the equivalent of WrestleMania is probably something that the... Uh, that the Saudi government has asked them to say in their promotional materials, but what say you? Yes. What do you think of the the Saudi shows? Oh, I I
0: think they're. I just I see the way they set up the you know floor area. It's completely taken up by Saudi you know royals, completely people that really don't honestly. Let's face it. They, do they really care? It's just the status. It's just like. I'm here. You're not, uh, and this is the fact that you know women can't do anything on the show.
1: Yeah, it's it's super disappointing. I mean, not only are we seeing the the women's roster continue to remain excluded on these shows. Um, Kevin Owens will not be traveling. Sami Zayn will not be tra- traveling. Um, Daniel Bryan will not be traveling, and neither will Alistair Black. Um, you know, again, the, these shows you know are nothing more than. Uh, basically, if if uh, if the Saudi prince had a wrestling ring in his living room, that is what these shows are. Um, they really right. don't do anything to advance any stories. It's just very much, a, uh, you so, know, yeah, basically. This it's a is a one-off glorified house show.
0: Glorified of glorified house shows, if I've ever seen them, I'm just like the re- like the ones that I've watched. The wrestling is terrible. It's it doesn't make any sense. And that's like, it, the match means nothing afterwards. It's like they go to another planet, wrestle, and then it's like it never happened. It's weird.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, I can't say that I've been enthused to see Goldberg versus Undertaker. Um, you know, it's just easy to, yeah. to sell a match like that. Even then, they really haven't even done a great job of that. I mean, we've seen, you know, a commercial here and there for it, but there's you know not really been any any sort of story or plot advancement. Now I do know that Undertaker's scheduled to be at Raw tonight, but is that too little, too late though? I mean, they're bringing him to Raw the Monday, you know, basically on the Go Home show for this this Super Showdown, which is in four days. I mean, don't you want to, you know, do something a little bit more than that? I mean, they could have booked this out you know weeks ago and had Taker show up, have Goldberg respond. Maybe a face to face encounter. I mean, there are other ways that they could have used a match that on paper is very exciting, but in reality will be, you know, a, a bit of a slog fest. I mean, these guys have a collective age of, of nearly a hundred, if not more than that, you know. So there I, I just think that there are other ways that they could have gotten a number out of that that particular affair.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it's not really that intrigued by it. It's disappointing. But I'll tune in. I pay for the network, so I'll watch it a bit. Right. You know, kind of finishing. I just I I think uh, like I didn't watch the first one because it was like 4 a.m. until I watched it like a day or two later, and I was just like, "What is happening right now?" And they make for good YouTube uh, videos though, so uh, I enjoy those. So I'll look forward to those those botch botch uh, botch everything. I'll see all the botches. Uh, I do like that, so I will say that all the funny stuff that goes along with it. Uh, just wrapping up, you know, just in terms of what the corporation is. You know, we talk on the women's tag titles, very new, brand new this year. Um, we're seeing jobbers basically holding it. Is it really being respected uh, for what it is at this
1: point? Brand new. I mean, I, I think that the the concept on paper was was great. You know, given the exposure that Ronda Rousey has helped the women's division get, um, you know, it kind of seemed like the night, the next step in the the women's evolution as far as wrestling in WWE. And to see Bailey and Sasha, who really championed for the belts and and you know, hounded Vince for for ages about bringing them back, you know, to finally see them get their wish and get their moment was really awesome. It just seems that you know, once WrestleMania came and went, that you know, everything kind of you know, fell off the rails. I mean, you know, obviously Sasha Banks is, is on a hiatus with the company right now. Who knows how much longer that'll last, but basically that was in protest to them losing the the titles at WrestleMania. And you know, while I don't necessarily agree with the 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 decision to to protest, I, I agree with Sasha in that, you know, Bailey and, and she and Bailey should have had the Opportunity to have a successful WrestleMania title defense. I mean, it's the biggest show of the year. First time the belts are going to be, you know, exposed to the to a true worldwide audience, and to to have them come up short to the Iconics, you know, definitely is pretty crummy. Um, you know, the Iconics have kind of have broken the 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 record, I suppose, of the longest women's tag title reign at over fifty days, but they haven't had a single defense. You know, and and it kind of defeats the purpose of bringing those belts back if there's not any, any credible competition for it. And, and at this point, you know, we were told that it would be, you know, or that all superstars across, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, presumably NXT UK would uh, be able to compete for those titles. But, you know, outside of an appearance by Bailey and Sasha at Full Sail just once, there really hasn't been a, you know, a, a real title defense where it's cross-promotional or cross-branded. And they're really doing themselves a disservice, especially you know, given the the ratings plunge that we continue to talk about. There are ways to get people invested in talking about those titles if they do some sort of you know quasi invasion angle or, or something really to take advantage of the rules that they that they put in place.
0: Right, and I think it's like something you have to immerse this tag title championship into NXT, while SmackDown. It's got to go all over the place, um, and uh, yeah, they definitely need to get. Someone else holding that belt, in my opinion, the iconics just jobbers, man. I don't. I'm not feeling that they're not that they're not that technical in the ring.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they could, you know, just get a couple of good title defenses under their belt. I mean, if they want to, if they want to keep those straps on them for a while, sure, whatever, go ahead. But you know, at least make their wins mean something and not have them fall so quickly in, in non-title competition.
0: Right. Well. You know, unless you have anything else to say on the specific state of the WWE, Mr. Robinson.
1: I do. I'm uh, I'm actually going to pose please. this question to you. Please. Is, is it time for Vince McMahon to step down?
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been time. It's been time. But he never will. He's not that kind of person. He's not that type of. He just will never retire. I mean, unless, you know, something bad happens.
1: Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a... he's certainly a freak of nature, um, but it, at this point he you know is so out of touch with with the way that you know not necessarily just wrestling but television and entertainment as a whole is going and is is not you know taking advantage of it. I mean you know when you when you look at everything that their their rivals are doing and we'll get to. AEW in a second, but you know, Vince is, you know, essentially writing this show for an audience of one. And that leads to a lot of of unhappiness and uneasiness and frustration with you know, writers, agents, producers, talent, I mean you name it, this this uh you know megalomaniacal way of of storytelling is just not doing it for anybody anymore. And, you know, unless and until he's ready to, to make some sort of change, you know, the, the networks have made it very clear that they're not going to be afraid to cancel these shows if they don't deliver the ratings that, uh, that they're expecting every week. And, and that would be a pretty crappy way for a guy who's, you know, spent the better part of four decades in the wrestling business to go out. Right. And it's like,
0: I feel like in normal shows that they pilots that they just do, uh, maybe shows that have been running. Synchronize. you know they syndicated them they are doing way more viewership than you know wwe's right now but they're still you they still like hold on to that contract like usa network all you know they hang on to that contract despite the, the you know the, the poor poor ratings just in the last year alone i mean it's been not good yeah it, i mean how long does that last really yeah when you got another competitor out there Exactly. Like an actual... and,
1: and, you know, not just the actual competition with wrestling, but, I mean, you know, there are certain programs. I mean, football is always something that outperforms, you know, on Monday nights in the fall. You know, you got the NBA finals going on right now. I mean, there are going to be plenty of, of things to, uh, you know, to really serve to be alternatives to watching wrestling if, it, if the product just isn't good. Yeah. I mean, why why should people
0: spend their time? True wrestling fans or people getting into wrestling to watch
1: something that's not going to entertain them when they have another thing. Yeah, I'll get it exactly, exactly. And uh, I mean, I guess that's that's kind of a natural transition into all elite wrestling, man. I mean, it's been all elite. It's been a, a heck of a couple of weeks for him, that's for sure. I mean, between Double or Nothing, the announcement of their their weekly show coming, and the the explosive. Talk is Jericho interview with John Moxley. I mean, we've we've got a lot oh to goodness. to enjoy here, man. I mean, you know, first things first. Double or nothing was was well worth Fantastic. the money and then some.
0: Yeah, that show was insane. Uh, completely off off the cuffs, violent. Uh, so technical. So many sweet flips. So many sweet moves. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a great. The way they just shot off the board. Like you think that they like come back down now, oh, they're going right back up, they're just gonna keep going until until people just you know they like, can't stop looking at them. Other fans, it's just like they're gonna start doing pay-per-views on the same nights, maybe not the same cities as the corporation. What do you say to that? Like, I'm seriously, like, I'm like oh, man, this is WrestleMania or, like, Royal Rumble, I'm, like, I'm needing to watch this right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say just because, you know, TakeOver was supposed to be the the response to Double or Nothing, and, and I know that we'll get into TakeOver in a little bit more detail here in a bit, but as good as TakeOver was, it wasn't better than Double or Nothing. That That's just, no. you know, no. my, my opinion. I mean, Double or Nothing had a little bit of something for everybody. I mean, you know, you get some great lucha action as far as the Bucks taking on, uh, you know, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. You know, you had a very, uh, you had a, a, a very bloody, violent affair between Nightmare and his uh, his brother, the Natural Dustin Rhodes. I mean that that match in and of itself Nasty. was was worth the was worth the price alone. And then, I mean, Kenny and Omega getting another installment of that and and closing the show with. A surprise by John Moxley. I mean, you, you know, it was it was going to be a very tough act to follow. John Moxley, man,
0: you know I'm a John
1: Moxley fan. I don't know about any other names, but you know I'm a fan of John Moxley. I do know that. I do know that.
0: You do. You, know, you do.
1: And and just everything that they've kind of set up now. I mean, even as far as you know, crowning their their first world champion. We've got Hangman Page winning the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, which I thought was a perfect use for him, since the uh, the P- match with Pac was was canceled. You know, bringing him in as the the Joker and, and now taking on Jericho for the world title. You know, I, I think that if they're smart, this will be the uh, the breakout party for Hangman Adam Page. You know, he's been making waves in, in the the wrestling business for a few years now, and it's about time he got his due. So I'm I'm excited to say the to say the least. And you know, I also just want to say that Jim Ross still has it. You know the it, the voice of a generation is now the voice of a new generation, and I could not be more excited to to have him back on the airwaves every week. The elite Ross, big Ross, elite Ross. I like it. Yeah. No. It. I it, it. Uh, yeah. I, I need I, it. Yeah. It was... I need more of it it was great you know and and you know not to overlook the the women that that competed uh Nala Rose Kaylee Ray uh Kylie Ray excuse me um Dr. Britt Baker getting the win um just uh, there there's a lot to be excited about i mean there's plenty of female talent that didn't that didn't even compete on the show just yet but you know got some great matches coming in the future i mean the the Show calendar coming up. I mean, we got Fighter Fest coming where we're going to see Moxley take on Joey Janela um, You have Fight for the Fallen coming in July. You've got the sequel to All In being All Out. Um, and then back to, to TNT in the fall. Um, I think we're looking at Tuesday nights in TNT that we're going to have some wrestling back. So, nice. you know, the, the, the wrestling wars are, are, you know, round two. Here we go.
0: You know, it's like they're like this summer can be huge. You know, with Fighter Fest, the fall and all out. Huge, huge build-up pay-per-views we can just, like, go right into the fall with. And then you already have football being, a you know, an issue for a lot of fans on Sunday nights, Monday nights. Who's going to get that Tuesday night spot? And you know SmackDown is going to Fox, and they're about to be the
1: three-hour show, man.
0: It's about to be SmackDown, all, like, elite Tuesday nights after football. Oh my, well, the wow, thing
1: is, SmackDown's yeah. moving to Fridays once they once they That's get the fight. So you know, there's, still be live. Yeah, there it will still be live, but there won't be you know that direct head to head to head competition at least on a week on a weekly basis. But we will mm-hmm. have some. We will have WWE and AEW going head to head on August thirty first. It was announced during Takeover twenty five that uh, NXT UK will be having a Takeover special on August thirty first. The same night as All Out at the Sears Center in Chicago, Illinois. So it nice. will eventually come down to, are we going to watch, you know, UK? Or are we going to be worried about, you know, watching All Out and, you know, keeping up with StarCast on flight? And, you know, everything that kind of goes into an AEW weekend. They tend to try to tentpole it with a uh, with StarCast event. So, you know, I, I think that it's uh, pretty gutsy on their part to... To be the first ones to announce going head to head and you know taking that time slot, knowing that all out was was previously announced. Oh yeah,
0: they are. Uh, Vince McMahon can act like he doesn't know what AEW is or what it is, but
1: better watch it, buddy. I think he does. I mean, I, does. I think it's more just does he care that it exists is is the real question. I don't think he
0: does. I don't think he does, but he yeah. will.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's definitely sixty forty leaning towards he doesn't care, but with with everything that we're hearing as far as the unhappiness of people that are working for him, something's got to give, and I just don't think he knows what exactly that is just yet, and and that's that's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great.
0: Can't wait to see it unfold. I'm patiently waiting. I I, you know, I'm. I cannot wait for this Jericho Akata match. I I might cry a little. It's it's gonna be I never thought I'd I'd ever get something like that. After I saw Akata versus Omega like the second time? Third time? It was just
1: oh god. I can't wait. It's gonna be weird. Yeah, no, I I mean we we got a great summer of of wrestling coming up and it it's only going to it's only going to get better. I mean, the reception to AEW has been, you know, so overwhelmingly positive and everything that these guys have, have done as far as, you know, Cody and Kenny and the Bucks and just you know, the way that they have so sort of masterfully, you know, built this relationship with the Khan family and and really, you know, established themselves as, as a force to be reckoned with. It's it's pretty pretty inspiring. I mean, the 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 guys have sure shirt you know that says it but they they basically went from undesirable to undeniable and and I mean it it's just again a great time to be a wrestling fan. Oh yeah. It's truly going to be quite the summer.
0: I mean we you, you're I mean we saying that match of the year already potentially in Cody versus Dustin uh we got you know young bucks continuing to deliver, you know, you, I'm a huge John Moxley fan. Back when he was maybe another name of some kind, and like his surprise, enter- his surprise at the, the end of uh, Double or Nothing continuing presence, building on his just insanity. Oh,
1: was, yeah, ah, I love it. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I you know got through the show and, and honestly forgot that uh, you know, this was even a possibility just because we hadn't really heard anything you know, as far as any official signings, the way that they'd done. So to, to save that as a surprise was was pretty great, you know, and, and uh, it's a true, you know, a true shot. And and you know what, I'd be remiss, and I can't believe that I almost forgot to, to talk about this, but the actual shot at WWE that was taken that night during Cody's entrance, I mean, just what would you think?
0: I thought it was amazing.
1: I loved it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's perfect that, you know, he got to do something like that and to, to just, I don't know, it was just the perfect, you know, the perfect middle finger to to everything that he had known in in WWE and just, you know, feeling unsatisfied creatively and, and feeling like he kind of had, you know, you know was, was under their thumb for, for as long as he was, you know, just, just a great way to really start the wrestling wars round too. It's gonna be great, dude. I really—it's hard to talk more on it because
0: oh, it's just so much more to come. So much more to come. Absolutely. I—I I, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Elite. Elite. Elite.
1: I need uh, uh, I need more elite. I need a. Yeah. Well, if you. Yeah. My uh. My bank account would say otherwise, but yeah. <laughs> good deal man well we got all
0: you know all through this summer we have huge matches coming up and we're uh, we have big pay-per-views both in WWE and AEW the two brands that we're going to start calling it at this point uh, can't wait to continue to do more shows continue what we're doing here you know want to see everybody here soon Eric tell them if they have any questions I know we've been out for a long time so I mean if they do have any questions at this point
1: yeah, now. if you've uh, if you, you got questions, any... yeah, feel free to email us at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, no no question is too big or too small. We just want to hear from you guys. Um, I think that we need to wrap up the show here just by touching briefly on Takeover 25. Um, this was really kind of the official response to Double or Nothing, if you ask me. And and right. you know, much like I said earlier, I really enjoyed Takeover 25. It wasn't mm. better than, than double or nothing you know but any no any stretch of the imagination really. but you know I, I was thoroughly entertained. I mean Matt Riddle continues to show that he has you know so so masterfully embraced the art of WWE storytelling. you know Roger mm. Strong continues to to be a, a solid hand um, you know that that match was was a great way to to open it up. you know you were used to seeing tag team action get it started but you know even to have that ladder match go on second in the night it was it was a uh it was a very brutal violent affair Kyle O'Reilly definitely was the MVP of that match um you know taking all of the the bumps to his back that he did especially on multiple ladders and, and really kind of wearing multiple the, times you know wearing the battle scars of of that match but I am so totally happy for the street profits. You know they they've been working their butts off for for years now, and and they're not necessarily your your prototypical tag team that you see getting run with the gold. But you know I'm glad to see that that they've been given that opportunity. Um, you know they could be easily this generation's Harlem Heat. So I'm really excited to see what they what they do next. Um, you know I, I think that you know one of the more questionable decisions of the night was to have have Shana continue to. You know, continue her reign of dominance. Um, you know, we don't really get to talk about but, her a whole lot on this on this podcast, but um, you know, get
0: her ass feet
1: and, and, at the end of it, and she did. I'm not. I mean, she definitely did. I'll. All I can say is that 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 type of character only had you know the shelf life is only so long. I mean, you know, we're we're all pretty tired of Brock Lesnar. You know, I can't imagine how it would be with Shayna Baszler on the on the main roster. I mean, you know, I, I know that she is, you know, had a handful of defeats, you know, mostly at the hands of Kairi Sane, but you know, they, they really need to try to do something to, to show a little bit more weakness. And and I would hope that this attack by Io Shirai after the matches is is a start of that, you know, just because it, 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 it really gets hard to enjoy matches knowing that, you know, the result can be so, so predictable.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I knew she was going to win. I, I will say that some of your predictions did not quite land. And I will say, I feel like I did say, I, well, I didn't say it. I didn't say it directly to you. I just thought it that Cole would win and that, you know, Dream would win, uh, Riddle would win. Um, you know, just, I think you picked Riddle, though. Yeah, but, I was, I was uh,
1: three of five on the night as a whole. So, you know, good, not great.
0: It's not too bad, yeah. But still, decent show, decent show. And uh, what was the other thing? I think. Uh, what's next for Johnny Gargano? Goal? Yeah what 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 is going on? Yeah, what's going on? I I really thought he was going to win that match.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the uh, obviously they had to slot him into that uh, that top star role, having lost Champa to his his neck injury. Um, but I I figured that we would at least get one successful takeover defense for Johnny out of it and uh, turned out not to be the case. You know, he's, he's flirted with the main roster a little bit. And, and, uh, you know, quite frankly, I think that they would be better off keeping him on NXT because if he gets called up, he's going to be slotted right into, into 205 live. And and that's just a, you know, not to say if there's anything wrong with being on 205 live and competing for the Cruiserweight title, but you know, that, that's not necessarily realizing his, his full potential. No, definitely not. But I do love Adam Cole, baby.
0: And it's good to finally see him have it. I want to see a continuing feud, frankly, though. I mean, that's with Gargano and Cole. Um, Gargano really not holding the belt for very long. Doesn't seem like.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was he's he's a guy that's easy to get behind as far as you know enjoying the work that Johnny does and just being so charismatic and, and having that connection with with uh, with the crowd. But Adam Cole just oozes charisma, oozes machismo, just makes you wonder, you know, what's next and and you know for how long when it comes to undisputed era. I mean, obviously it was my prediction that he was going to, uh, to lose and, and, you know, possibly be even kicked out of era. Um, I I just have a feeling that that power struggle between Cole and Roddy is, is going to rear its ugly head sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, it will. It will. And, I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, uh, it'll be an interesting summer for wrestling to, to say the least, but, uh, you know, if if you don't have anything else, if, I think that uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up here. Yeah, as always, uh, if you got a question, email us. We'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, got a got a great summer ahead. Uh, plenty of takeovers, plenty of uh, we got SummerSlam coming, and and a lot of new stuff from AEW. So stay tuned. Stay very tuned. We'll be back very shortly. Yep, pleasure as always, man. You have a good day, Eric. Likewise, later days.